What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. Yeah. We are your hosts, Nate. Yeah, John. Yeah. And Brandino. And on today's episode, we're going to recap this past Saturday night's UFC, which was headlined by Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. Right, right. We'll also recap this crazy uh, trilogy match that happened between Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, possibly one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. We'll take a look ahead at this coming week's fight night, which is headlined by Aspen Ladd versus Norma Dumont. And a lot to talk about in the news as well, as always. But first, boys... What is going on this Sunday, October 10th? I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, it's late. Yeah. It is a little late for it's us. It's felt like a long weekend. Like I've had a long weekend. Yeah, it kind of does feel that way. I, yeah. can, I could totally see that. Totally understand that. Yeah, I'm doing good. Team, my team's won this weekend. Braves and Notre Dame, so yeah. that's good. What about the Colts? Colts, they play Monday. Oh, okay. We got the Ravens. What's so. going on there? We'll definitely probably lose that one. Well, yeah, what's going on with the? Because a couple weeks ago, you were like, hey. It's gonna be the year, man. I mean, when you lose, you're losing two of your offensive line starters. One potentially. Okay, so the excuses are rolling. The Eagles won. The Eagles won today. Yeah, huh? the Eagles won. The Eagles, yeah. yeah. Brandon's Eagles. <laughs> I like it. I think I'm gonna rename them that. Brandon's Eagles. That's yeah, the, the BEs. <laughs> so, uh, so what about Squid Games, boys? Let's talk about it. Heard a lot about it, but I haven't watched. You it You still, yet. <sighs> dude. It's a whole series. Of course, I haven't watched it yet. It's on the list. Oh, you you still didn't watch it either? No, not last night. I got home at two o'clock. Oh my gosh! We just what have you done all day? Watch football <laughs> all day. No, and then we went grocery shopping. Football started at one. So yeah. what what time did you wake up? Ten. Okay, and then what did you do from ten to one? Ten to one, I was uh, trying to get Jordan to tell me what she wanted to do for lunch. <laughs> for three hours. What do you think? What do you think of that if time efficiency? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still ate lunch by lunchtime, but it just Ooh. took a while to figure it out. Wow. That's a long time. All right. All right. Well, I'm loving Squid Games. I think uh, for people really? that, oh, dude, it's it's amazing. The tough thing is I bounce back and forth between the English dub over and mm. then Korean with English subtitles. That's probably what I would do. I can't decide which one I like more. I don't like dub stuff. It, it's tough. And it, and it does lose a lot. Like, I find I get more engaged when I'm reading it. And plus, it just, like, their voices don't sound yeah. so corny and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but, like, if I'm super tired, or, like, I was doing laundry, like, folding laundry the other day, watching mm-hmm. an episode, it's easier with the English subtitles because yeah. um, you don't have to, like, super pay attention and read. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think I lean Korean version original with the English mm-hmm. subtitles. Wow. Have you ever tried, du- like, both dubbed and the English subtitles up? Dub- <laughs> that seems pretty pointless. Yeah, I get confused. Well, I, like- I accidentally did that. I told you we were watching that Money High show. Yeah. And it's like you're reading it, and then they don't. It doesn't translate the same. Like the subtitles mm-hmm. don't translate to the same as the dubbed over. And you're like, I, I think it's well. the dubbed over that doesn't. See, that's the other thing too. Is I feel like the dub version loses a little bit of the story because the translations are a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. This is the closest you'll get to a, a, a problem that's equal to anime people. Oh yeah, I don't care. We can stop there because they try to decide whether <laughs> they want to do subbed or dubbed. Yeah, we we could have just went without that. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you're not watching Squid Games, you need to get on it. I'm all in. I'm 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 riding this boat. I think it's it's great. It's interesting. How many episodes? I've I've done five. How many are there? I don't know. Okay, I have no idea. I think I feel like I'm like halfway through probably. If I had to guess, just based on where I think the story's at, because mm-hmm. I think I did see they play six games total, and I want to say I've seen three. 
Wow. Three or four. I don't okay. remember. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. Um, also, we can confirm Matt talked <sighs> with Cameron Van Camp this Wednesday. Big dime. It's done and dusted. We did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> little feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's not perfect. <laughs> Sometimes when you're on the water, it gets a little choppy. And you just never know. Like, I mean, we've always had, like, we've done a couple of them now remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just never know. Audio-wise, everybody's phones are different. Our connection frequencies can be different. Right. Environments, um, you never know. Yeah, but I went in. I edited as much of the pops and repeats and echoes out as possible. And it's still, it's an awesome episode. Oh, let's see, man. He talks about, you know, getting that call, mm-hmm. for saying that he was in the UFC. He talks about his experience out in Vegas, um, what that fight week was like. Um, what else? He talks about... His team he trains with now. His team. His family. His current situation, what's next for him, because he did get some some news we'll talk about mm-hmm. in the episode you guys will hear about. Uh, so, yeah, really, really, really good episode. We also found out his go-to Halloween costume. His go-to Halloween <laughs> costume, yep. That's that's how we're getting into the nitty-gritty, baby. Yeah, you got to ask the tough questions. Exclusives. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it is. It's like Nardwar. We got to know. Yeah, what would you guess his go-to would be? Jeez, oh, man, I have no idea. Probably something... Probably something basketball related. I don't know. Okay, you mm. missed. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Happens. What do you think John's would be? I don't because like he he told John doesn't strike me as a guy that would dress up. He told Cameron that you're kind of close there. Actually, he told Cameron his in the episode. We'll spoil it right now if you guess it. How am I supposed to have any idea? Something anime related. It's kind of somebody he favors in looks appearance. You wouldn't even know mm. him. DJ Khaled. I kind of know who that is. He's a okay. rapper. Well, not really. Kinda. Well. Also, boys, we we, we want to give a shout out to uh, our Gaha fighters that are going to go to battle this weekend at Coliseum mm-hmm. Combat. Um, Coliseum Combat is doing their two night of fights event uh, this Friday and Saturday, October fifteenth and sixteenth, uh, here in Kokomo, Indiana. Friday night is headlined by our boy Kiera Ross versus Zach Eddington. Also on Friday night, we got Keaton Spear and Gabe Urit making their MMA AMI debuts, and then the young bull himself, who we did a Matt Talk episode with, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nick Fox. Getting back in there. Tough opponent for him. He's also on Friday night. Right. All of them. And then Saturday night, we got Austin Ferguson making his return to debut. I think it's been like probably six or seven years yeah. for it's him. Been a minute. Yeah, wow. since he's fought. So he's getting back in there. Um, also, both nights are going to have meet and greets. Friday will be boxing le- legend Angel Manfredi. And Saturday night will be UFC legend, pride legend, mixed martial arts legend, Mark the Hammer Coleman. The hammer. So go meet Mark. What would you say to Mark if you met him, Brandon? I have no idea. Tell me about the time he pushed Joe Rogan. That's probably what I would ask about. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. I like that. If you got to take a picture with him, are you doing like arm behind his back? Are you like folding your arms across? Are you letting him like kind of choke you? That you one. Doing? I'll probably like reenact the Joe Rogan thing. There you that's go. That's probably what I would do. And then tag Joe Rogan but on you. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, man, go support Coliseum Combat. Like we, we t- kind of talked about it with Cameron and the, the Matt talk you guys will hear this week is... Um, we are so lucky to have like such good MMA here locally, um, mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it. Because of Coliseum Combat, there's like, what, four of these guys that we've had the pleasure of seeing fighting that have either fought or are still fighting in the UFC because right. of, you know, we've seen Cameron Van Camp now, Nate Maness, um, uh, Andrew Holbrook, um, mm-hmm. Tom, what was it, uh, Gifford, Thomas Gifford, yeah. um, you know, uh, Tom Steele. Huh? Who's the other guy? The guy from Ohio. Well, he's from Ohio, but yes. Uh, what was his steel? name? I can't steel? remember. He had a couple fights in the UFC. Yeah. You know, you got guys like Tom Schoaf and mm-hmm. um, some of those guys up north that have fought in Bellator. Right. You know? So uh, uh, we we 
Go ahead. What were was you? it Lloyd Carter? Lloyd Indy Carter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, we've really got to see some really good MMA locally mm -hmm. and uh, regional as well. Uh, Van Camp said he is going to be there both nights. So there you go. Go meet a UFC fighter. Tell yeah. him what's up. Tell him Neon Belly Podcast sent you. Yeah, he'll uh, probably hug you at least. Make sure you listen to the episode Wednesday so you got something to talk to him about. Right. Don't waste his time. At least, at least you'll be a fake fan then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I love that you blah, 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 blah. I know. I, I'm definitely going Friday. Mm -hmm. um, Saturday's a little up in the air because Indiana Comic Con is calling my name. Not going to lie. What? Yeah. I kind of want to go. We're going to have to talk about that. I know. I kind of, I kind of want to go. You're gonna call him a nerd. I, I, I'm just. This is just interesting. It's an interesting line you're treading here. I've already been to two. Really? Yeah. This will be my third one. I've never been to one. And I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah. And um, Ferg might just get my pay per view money instead. Really? Yeah, I might have to just pay per view it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I just really want to go. Who's I've, that William? Shatter? I've tried. I've tried to fight it, like not going and just going both nights. And now I'm like, I kind of want to go to Comic Con. Why? I don't know. I just do. It just something's calling me. I need to be there. More than a local MMA fight. Yeah. I wow. kind of just feel like I need to be there. But why? I don't know. I can't mm. explain it. It's something know. inside me. Okay. You seem but, a little disappointed. Yeah. And while you're, while you're thinking about that, go ahead and let the people, Brandon, know what we ask them to do every week. Okay. Every week we ask you guys to please, if you're on Apple, iTunes, give us give us five stars, please. Mm -hmm. Five-star review. Um... Let us know how we're doing. Comment. Also, follow us on Instagram, right. Twitter, at Neon Belly Pod. Is it a podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, please do that. And subscribe and follow no matter what platform you're listening, right? Correct. That, that way you get, you know, every week when we drop our episodes on Monday, right? right. And Matt talks on Wednesday sometimes. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Hey, also, I just want to throw this in there. Go for it. If you guys find some funny Neon Belly memes... Yeah. Send them to us in messages. We'll throw them in our story. That's going to be a new thing I want to start doing. Yeah, you've been you've been finding some good neon belly yeah. stuff lately. So we're trying to just get the content going. Okay. I don't know if you've seen, but we've been putting up neon belly boy stuff when we see somebody doing something cool neon well, belly wise. You know how often I'm on social media. Last week, Kevin Holland, he chased down a yeah. car thief. I saw that, yeah. Neon bellied him, hit him with the little Habib scarf. Yeah, did you see him standing there with the guy, though? Yeah, yeah. he's just holding like, his hand. That guy clearly mm -hmm. could just like spun no, i don't think he's getting away <laughs> well, probably not. holland's probably got some good stride on him yes well boys last night we're gonna get right into it ufc results mckenzie dern mm -hmm. versus marina rodriguez rodriguez defeating dern via unanimous decision 49 46 on all three judges uh scorecards um I, I was telling john uh last night or i don't know if brandon you weren't there yet i don't think um but i i still don't think good, dern is good enough on her feet and I think I need to walk back the whole <laughs> Valentina thing a little bit. You think? <laughs> um, um, but having said that, I think Marina is probably one of the, if not the best striker at that 115-pound division. And I think she makes a lot of girls probably look bad at that weight class. Hmm. Okay. And she's the second best striker to Valentina. This is 115. Oh, 115. Yeah. Yeah. Joanna's still really good too. Joanna, yeah, she know. hasn't fought. I know Marina I say, said a lot, had a lot. I don't know if you've seen. She had a lot to say about her. I mean, she's just so not being active. Yeah, it's just different. You know, I don't think she's somebody that's going to impress you with like you know a bunch of different techniques. But she's very good at what she right. does, and she's very long and just keeping keeping girls on the end of her punches and just tagging mm -hmm. them up. And you could just see the difference in skill. I mean, it was so apparent every time, every minute that fight was on the feet. Mm. Um, you could tell Marina was just starting to kind of slowly run away mm -hmm. with it. I don't want to take anything away from Marina, but 
there was just so many. I, I think I was trying to count at one point how many times when Dern would throw a punch, looking straight down, mm-hmm. yeah. like it's just. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> like any, well, any, so, well, any go, go ahead. I was just gonna say what it is is it's Ronda Rousey. You're scrappy enough to beat up girls who can't stop you from going forward. You have an advantage on the ground, but when somebody can keep you away from them and strike on you. You just look, you're doing head down, you're trying spinny stuff. You're So I think there's a little bit more to the story. And I, I actually wrote quite a bit down about exactly that because um, coming into this fight, and, and it's kind of always been a rumor and something that has kind of always circulated is that um, Mackenzie Dern does not like to spar and she doesn't like to get hit. Training partners have said that. People she trains with have leaked that stuff to the media. Um, I know Ariel Hawani asked her last week about it. Um, obviously, she denies it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But we all three have done boxing, kickboxing, MMA classes at Gaha. And one thing that Jacob constantly stresses, especially to new guys, is get comfortable with getting punched in the face and having people throw punches at your face because it's an uncomfortable thing. Right. Like it's something that is very weird and awkward. And if you're not used to it, everybody's reaction is to look straight Mm -hmm. down and just, yeah, you, you don't react well to it. And what I saw from Dern was somebody that was not comfortable with getting punched, uh, wasn't comfortable with having punches thrown at her, um, to the point where her coach, Jason Perillo, which we'll get to him in a minute, who I thought did a fabulous job last night, um, was literally begging with her, stop looking down at the ground when you're throwing punches. Mm -hmm. But I just think that I think with Perillo now, she is probably getting the rounds in, but I think what we're seeing is maybe before that, it just wasn't a thing, yeah. you know, and, and it's going to take some time to really build that. And she's trying to build it at a very high level too, right? At the mm-hmm. UFC against some of the best girls in the world as well. Here's right. the, uh, her ground game though, is just so, so many levels above. Yeah. I feel every girl she's going to go against like last night solidified that for me. She's, I don't think anybody's going to touch her on the ground at all. Yeah. Right. But that being said, I really don't think it takes much for her to, clean up that striking and she, she just needs enough to close oh, the see, distance I, I just think she needs enough to be able to close the dif- distance confidently and get some sort of takedown pick pick a takedown get really good at it and get get enough one twos in your, under your arsenal to, to, to close that distance mm-hmm. and i think she cleans a lot of that up i still think she's a big project on the feet i, I just to me I, I did see some good things early um but especially after that they seemed like in starting that third round she was pretty gassed um which is so interesting because she was gassed after a second round that she dominated on the ground, as you just said, mm-hmm. um, and it just seemed to really put her out of it, and then she got real sloppy. Um, one thing I thought she did really good was that spinning back fist. I think she timed it a couple mm-hmm. times really well. I don't think it ever fully landed for her, um, but yeah, dude, I still think she's a big project on the feet, personally. I just don't know that she has the time. I to thought right. with the striking defense, she was good. What? <laughs> she, she kept her out of dis. None of those shots really landed clean until later into the fight. Oh. She was staying back enough. <laughs> Dude, it, listen. I think you need to rewatch that. No, fight. I watched it. It was She was on the outside. Defense? She stayed back. Yeah, she wasn't taking those shots clean. That's why she was staying up until the third round. I think that wow. And there was a whole bunch of times she could have ducked under, but she just didn't do it to go for the takedown. I, didn't, I don't think that defense was there at all. I don't think it was there at all either. I think her offense was bad because when she went forward and she put her head down, that's when she was getting hit. Well, she literally had no... Like, late in the fight, she had completely given up on all technique and skill. Oh, for and sure. And was just lowering her head and just literally reaching her arms out and she trying was to doing grab that, her. She was doing that in round one. Yeah, yes, very and I true. think I think that was a bigger part of why she was gassed, too, than oh, so much sure. on the ground. So much. She also got around. caught. We talked about this last night. She also got caught in that choke in the second, and yeah, was, but I don't and know. she had to fight pretty hard out of that. Yeah. I well, no, and I what I when I'll get to what I told you, but off of what Brandon said about the ground and something I wrote down is I don't think that uh, Mackenzie Dern is just the best, you know, female in that division, or even just the best female. I think she is one of the 
best fighters in all of mixed martial arts utilizing pure jujitsu on the ground. Um, mm -hmm. I'd probably a, agree with that. A lot of her transitions and a lot of the techniques that she's doing on the ground, like I can follow so simply and so easily because it's so practical to what we do even in just jujitsu. You know, she's just mixing in some punches. Having said that, when you hold Marina Rodriguez and you are that much far in advance of her on the ground for almost two minutes in a round, you have to finish. Mm -hmm. And she let her off the hook. But at this level, and when your striking isn't where it needs to be, there's no excuses to be in full mount, top side control, crucifix position, all these different very dominant positions, not only mm -hmm. just in jujitsu, but in MMA that she held, you've got to find a way to finish a girl like that and put this fight away. That's the elite and that's the table. That's the tier that she's just not at yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, there's definitely some, and I, I kind of compared it to the Ortega Volkanovsky fight as far as not having that takedown. And even though that's your aces, your submissions, you know, even getting good positions, not getting those finishes. I don't know if maybe she was nervous of attempting something and her getting up and not her having control. I know that could probably be a thing, but yeah, she has to add way more tools to the tool belt. Takedowns. You know, one thing Brandon said, and it was so true about Ortega, and I thought about it again, again last night as Mackenzie Dern is, you can have all the jujitsu you want, but how good is it if you don't have any takedowns to get the fight there? Yeah. And that everything that you said about Ortega now, I think we could echo about Mackenzie Dern. Dude, there was at one point where she had double underhooks, and she was literally trying to look over her shoulder at her corner, like, what do I do? Yeah. Like she, and then she like kind of like just switched her hips and tried to kind of like hip toss her over and it's like Mackenzie this is the UFC like these girls are not mm -hmm. gonna go like you cannot do this at this level right, it's yeah. just not it's not gonna happen at this level these girls are too good I mean even in the first round they kind of got caught in that weird she was kind of trying to pull a single and pick yeah, the ankle and she they was got, just pulling like she was just pulling not yeah. like football hike pool yeah I'm like just pulling well backwards. then her her corner was like let it go because she was getting drilled and her head was on the outside it was, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and let's talk about her corner I want to pivot and give Jason because I was pretty hard on John Cavanaugh like a week or two ago but in the same I want to flip it and just give Jason Perillo his mm -hmm. corner work I told you guys it was phenomenal I was super fascinated by it I think every time they put the camera in his corner and they did it a couple of times we don't usually see him go to the corner that much but I think even the producers and stuff were picking up like man this is some good stuff I mean mm -hmm. the way he coaches is you know, um, what did I, I kind of wrote down, like kind of my thoughts were he's clear and direct and he's critical, but informative. So as to where like Kavanaugh, it was like, there was no, he wasn't instilling that like, Hey, you're losing this fight. You know, he was being very clear with Dern, like you've got to figure, you know, that he came in on the third round and he was just like, they sat on the stool and he was like, you're tired, aren't you? And, you know, she was kind of like, yeah. And he's like, well, we have to win these next two rounds, you know? And, um, but then was telling her how to do it, even in the middle of the fight, like there was one combination she threw, I think it was in the first round and she kind of ended it with a kick. And he was like, we do not kick there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and, and just with like the head stuff and, um, but the bad thing for Mackenzie Dern is I just feel like she's learning on the job. And we've talked about it before for other fighters, fighters is the UFC is a tough place to do that, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in the first round, um, to kind of go to your point of her not sparring as much and stuff like that, he talked and we talked about how some of his best advice was their game plan of double striking to get to the takedown. Yeah. Do it once yeah, to get within there. Do it twice to get to the takedown. Right. Well, after he told that to her, it's like, so we're doing this kind of on the fly now. So right. it must have been something they talked about and she just didn't do a lot Yeah. as far as in with other people like in a fighting scenario. But, um, yeah, I think he gave her all the tools 
gave her all the good advice. Uh, you know, she would throw two to get close, and then she wouldn't follow it up, and he'd say, hey, you know, we need another one. Or, you know, the, you hear, there's a couple of times you hear him yell, like, the takedown was right there. Or Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys think of potentially her getting like just getting real desperate and pulling guard? Because there was, I think, at least two times in that fight where she didn't take Marina down. She kind of fell. Yeah. They both just kind of fell, and she fell on, on her back, and Marina was on top, but she's kind of got into that leg entanglement. Yeah. But do you think there's something there? Like, okay, if we can't get a great takedown, maybe you know how to pull guard. I think John had kind of said that when she had those double yeah. underhooks. is like she should just sit back and pull guard at this. You, I mean, you had them so deep. You had, you'd have the arms pinned at that point. You'd have so many more options to do mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. If you can't do nothing else, yeah. at least try to sweep. Yeah. I mean, she's so good on the ground, and you're, <laughs> if you're losing the fight anyways, it's like you know. Mm -hmm. So. And every time the fight went to the ground, and she was in a less dominant position, she was always able that that leg entanglement, and she used it to kind Stand of up and pass, pass was was. I mean, I'm telling you, that's high level stuff, and that's you don't mm -hmm. see that stuff in MMA because it's not as easy to do. Obviously, when somebody can punch you in the face, and even her ability to maintain mount, like she kind of sat yeah. on her chest at one point, but, yeah, and, and that, was able to throw punches, but it wasn't like you know seeming off balance, like sure. But then again, as you said, like when you're in that spot and you've got so much control, the armbar should be there or something Everything else is, should be a finish. It just seemed to me like, you know, when Gordon goes against guys and Gordon is so much better than everybody that he's trying to do something specific mm -hmm. because he's like so bored and he's like, well, I just want to finish this with, you know, a back mounted armbar or, you know, something like that or an armbar from back mount. And it just seemed like to me that that's what Dern was doing because the armbars were there. It kind of got the vibe that she was going for like a mounted triangle. I was kind of seeing that she was mm -hmm. maybe trying to set that up a little bit, trying to get that knee through to break it and then, you know, swing that leg over for it, maybe go like S mount. But I don't know, man. I just think once again, like I can't say it enough, but yeah, when you're in that position and you're McKenzie Dern, you've got to finish the fight there. She did try that weird arm bar with her legs. I don't know if you've seen that one. I thought that was really, yeah, I thought that was really yeah. close. It, yeah, yeah. there's a couple times where it seemed like it was like she just needed a little bit more length or a little bit more push down on her hips, but yeah. but not to take nothing away from Marina because she. Did, no, did it, her job, man. And I, well, and that's, I genuinely believe she gives a lot of girls that weight a problem because of her length and her striking is so good. Um, her only professional loss is to Carla Esparza, mm -hmm. um, a fight that a lot of people think that she won. It was a close, close split decision victory. And to me, I think now, and I know a lot of people have already said, but I think that makes sense now. We got obviously Rose and Whaley are going to run mm -hmm. it back. Um, but I think for Marina Rodriguez, rematch with Esparza, number one contender. Yeah, I mean, both of the Whaley and Rose would be really good matchups with Marina as far as on the striking side of things. Um, just being able to mix in, they do a lot more kind of kicks and things that are a little bit more rangy. But, yeah, I think she's um, definitely solidified herself that if something happened with Esparza and she couldn't get the next shot or if something happens, she could cut in. Like, she's kind of put herself in that, yeah. in that talk. Yeah. Well, boys, the co-main event, Randy Brown versus Jared Gooden. Uh, Brown wins via unanimous decision, 30-27, all three judges' scorecards. Um, I thought this was a great fight. Um, mm -hmm. Early, you could tell, uh, clearly, uh, Brown... Randy Brown broke his toe on that front kick to the face. And I think almost instantly uh, you could noticeably tell that it slowed down his movement. It was bothering him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you kept trying to like step on it and almost pop it back out or something, um, which then I think really hindered his movement to the point where then he was getting attacked with the leg kicks. And then that kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, but uh, I just think his striking was way too good. Way, you know, that mm -hmm. his just pure boxing, those jabs were just so good, even though he wasn't, you know, 
moving the best. Um, and even with a broken toe, even with limited movement, um, just really seemed to be the much better fighter in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think his range had a lot to do with that too. He's a, he's a real big guy for that weight class. And goodness too. Yeah. Long yeah, that's, that's true. But I, I think even with that fight, he, he just seemed to me like substantially longer. Um, I think without that man, I think that would have been a way different fight. Um, because he was really able to kind of extend that jab a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, since he broke his toe, he didn't have, like you said, as much movement. And so I think that was a big part of kind of what saved him, so to speak. But yeah, yeah I mean, that was a really good fight. And I, I thought I was really kind of excited to see Gooden too, because he keeps coming off that big knockout win. Yeah. And typically, he's a big wrestler. So I was going to ask that. Are you guys surprised that he never went for a takedown in that fight? Yes. When he was clearly losing the every mm-hmm. round yes. doing the striking. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he had some success with the leg kicks and stuff, but I don't really can't really recall a moment where he had that i was like oh he could you know Mm -hmm. he just caught brown really good there well when somebody's using that jab and those long strikes it keeps it a little bit easier for you to keep like you said with the distances keeping them back when you're landing that a lot yeah it's a good a good point of reference as far as your distance but yeah i think uh, especially you know i'm I'm happy for brown because he's had this thing of where he beats everybody but the good guys um and then with um good and missing weight Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i know brown was really upset about that yeah i'm glad you said that i forgot Um, about that he kind of tweeted about it he said he missed the weight by four and a half pounds and i get 20 percent of his purse but he only has three fights in the ufc so that's probably only 15 grand so i'm only getting 20 percent of that and he gets a weight advantage yeah, and he's one of those guys who thinks guys should lose fifty percent or so of their purse. I Which know, Izzy's talking yeah, about. Like there's a couple of guys, yeah, that just. I mean, and it it is there is something to that though. You know, when you, these guys come in with a significant weight advantage, because we know how fighters get fight night where they kind of water back up and they get their weight back up. But I'm glad he definitely put on a performance that can hopefully get him another chance at beating somebody good to kind of get himself back on that track. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about like potentially scaling the the penalty based on how much you miss weight by mm. so like so like a bigger weight miss four pounds would be like i you know i don't know like 50 percent. but then if you scale that down and like oh we miss weight by a pound all right we're only going to find you i don't know f- you know 35 percent, and then on down yeah it's tough because then you might just have people who probably could have made the weight and was like ah dude i'll take the 10 percent if it's just one pound you know so that, you kind of leave that open. If it's just kind of cut and dry, either you make it or it's 50, you might have more people like, oh, I'm definitely got to make weight. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's tough because, you know, typically guys and girls only miss weight by like a pound or two. Um, you know, that this much weight is not typical. I mean, I would say that's um, something either went terribly wrong or you just gave up. That's John Lineker territory. Right yeah. There. <laughs> you know, um, so it, it is kind of, I, I, I know Izzy's been a big mm-hmm. proponent of the 50% flat. I think if you miss by half a pound, 50%, I'm just, I think it's a, you know, it, I've never cut weight and, and I'm sure it sucks, but mm-hmm. you sign up for it. You've, yeah. you've signed a contract that said that you'll show up at 170 pounds. You, that's your job to show up at 170 pounds. I work at Chrysler. My job's not to show up. Or, right. you know, I'm, I'm, my job's not to show up at Chrysler at a certain weight every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it is to show up with the stuff that I need to do my job. Yeah. Um, Especially is, when it's an agreement. Which is just my hands. Yeah. I think when you, <laughs> <laughs> I think when you put that, like the professional spin on it, yeah, that makes it a bit more of a kind of a lock it in. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's a job and it, and it just comes with the job. Um, personally that's just kind of mm-hmm. flat but that's fair I, I said it last week man i, I still think randy brown's a, a big player at this weight um i love seeing guys that are over able to overcome adversity especially so early in that fight 
to to clearly break a toe like mm-hmm. that and i'm sure that hurts and that probably sucks right under the chin just. yeah and you know so to kind of overcome that i think if he didn't break the toe i think he there's a couple moments in that fight where he finished him it's just he had him hurt and just wasn't able to close the distance right. quick enough or get the the movement necessarily to get in so um big win for him and yeah definitely excited to see where he goes now mm-hmm. um the next fight we're going to talk about tim elliott or uh, well yeah, versus Matthews Nicola- Nicolau. Uh, Nicolau defeated Elliott uh, via unanimous decision, 29-28. All three judges scorecards. Um, I want to start with Brandon because I know you said you felt like Elliott won. Yes. So I just want to know how so, you feel and what did you see because I rewatched it again today. So I did not get a chance to rewatch it, but I was thinking about this on the way over here. So I think, and this might play into it, I I think maybe something that, that I'm sort of a, a victim of is when I watch Elliott. Like Elliott's one of these guys who's very dynamic and he's mm-hmm. very elusive so he moves a lot mm-hmm. so perhaps what i what i was watching was just him moving a lot more mm. and i wasn't catching him landing like i thought it was just him yeah. pressing a lot more and just a bit more versatile with his movement and it seemed as though i don't know that put him on some sort of edge but going back like the highlights i remember watching like that they aired post fight were just a few leg kicks that, that he, um, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Matthews Nicolau. Nicolau. Nicolau landed on Elliot, and I still thought Elliot had a f- quite a few takedowns in that fight, and he landed a few decent ones, maybe not a lot, mm-hmm. but I just thought he had enough pressure and movement forward that, you know, and the, and the last takedown at the end of the fight, too, I don't think Nicolai did anything with that. Granted, um, Elliot's really good at just kind of holding people and not lo- allowing them to do anything, but, I, you know, so that's what I saw. So, rewatched it today. Um, I scored it exactly the same. I think Elliot won the first round. He that's the that's the only round he got a takedown in actually. Oh, was um, it? Yeah, he didn't get one in the second. He was at least on the hips quite a few times. Yeah, he was on the hips. Had him pressed against the cage. Um, I think what you said is pretty spot on though. I think it was just a lot of Tim Elliot fainting, moving in and out, um, but wasn't really connecting with anything. Um, he, like I said, I would say he really won the first round off of just pressure alone, not necessarily even that he did much significant striking, but neither of them really did. Um, Nicolau really got going on in the second round. His counter striking in that second round was phenomenal. I mean, he was piecing together some really good combos on Elliott, um, blasted him a couple times. Elliott had a couple big jabs, maybe like two or three that I remember. I think I counted like some really big, significant jabs, but most of them were Elliott jabbing lunging in and Nicolau just piecing him up with some combos I know Elliot was doing a lot of that where he kind of had the one foot up in yeah the front that front kick he was thing. just kind of hopping yeah. towards him I and I know he got caught doing that a bunch. couple times so and um and then in the third round it was actually really close round um because neither guy had really had much significant you know Nicolau had had some good combos piecing stuff together um Elliot had had some good control on the cage for a while um but then uh, with almost exactly two minutes left is when Nicolau changed levels hit that beautiful blast double um and that's where the fight kind of ended but a lot of that I know you said is he didn't do anything of with it is uh, Elliot kind of wrapped one leg under or his arm under like he literally had him tied up but then Nicolau was literally slamming him into the canvas and even the commentators have said and I agree is that's offense I mean it count I mean he can't help that Elliot has him locked up yeah Elliot was clearly just trying to stall like even the commentators mm-hmm. had said they thought he probably felt like he was up you know maybe two rounds and just needed to survive um but yeah I, I think clearly uh 29 28 is appropriate 
first first round mm-hmm. rally at last two. What do you think? Well, I actually seen uh, James Krause actually had a, a quote out where he said, "Who's Tim Elliott's coach?" Right. Yeah. He said he made the biggest mistake of his coaching career. He told Elliott he was up two zero and going back and watching yeah. it. He felt like he lost the second. So that's probably why you see Elliot yeah. wrap up like, oh, no, I got this. My coach just told me I'm up 2-0, which we talked about with Kavanaugh. Sometimes in the moment you feel like, no, dude, you're up. You're good. Yeah. And then when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, man, maybe, yep. you know, you just didn't do as much as I thought you did or this moment wasn't as big. So I, I think it's kind of like one of those moments where he got to his fighter and was like, hey, man, just win this round or like get through it and don't get finished. And I think that's what you kind of seen, and that's what kind of got him. Sometimes these fighters try to skate sure. by that last round. And yeah, and and you know, just like you know, we can at times be critical with judging and and refereeing. Is I mean, I'm sure coaching is so hard too. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, you know, you're you're trying to watch everything from kind of like an elevated view and get a gra- grip on the fight, but then you don't even really know what round it is probably half the time, mm-hmm. and you know, you're just so hyper focused on you know what your guys doing, mm-hmm. and there's so many different other elements, and you know, I think there's an advantage obviously to having more than one cornerman so i don't know yeah i think some guys do it better like you know longo sarah they kind of tag team corners really well mm-hmm. obviously winkle john and um uh jackson uh greg. greg jackson you know we've seen guys that can kind of tag team corners and mm-hmm. you know kind of like hey you you watch time rounds you know what you you just kind of watch objectively or you know whatever mm-hmm. i mean i'm not saying i have the answers but right. i think just as as it's a, a really tough job to be in any situation in fighting, I think coaching's included mm-hmm. in that as well. So I know we can kind of be hard on coaches too, like or we have been recently, it feels like, <laughs> but I still think John Cavanaugh is a great coach. James Krause is a great coach. It's mm-hmm. just they can make mistakes too. It's I mean, it just is what it is. I wonder if the corner have a like a monitor. I don't know. To where one question. guy can watch what the overhead view looks like. Cause I imagine looking through the cage is Get obviously different from yeah. what you're seeing over top as far as seeing the full scope of things and that might even if you could just have one guy with headphones on watching the screen and then when the, the rounds are like hey man yeah you know this 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 is what i saw yeah because if you're just looking through a cage like you know one little perspective is you could like brandon saying you could be seeing tim doing all these like explosive movements dynamic movement and you're like oh he must be tagging him or doing something oh yeah you know? somebody throws a punch and a guy moves out the way but from your angle it looks like it is like yeah dude your jab's working mm-hmm. and yeah you know there's just there's i mean there's just so many elements to mma man yeah um, since it was kind of a significant thing, I do want to mention uh, Deron Wynn versus Phil Haas was uh, scrapped from this card. Uh, mm-hmm. John, go ahead and kind of fill in the situation. Okay, so Deron Wynn, he goes out for the fight. They say it's not COVID and that it's a health thing that he's going to have to kind of talk about at a later date. Um, they come up with a new opponent. It's a Chris Curtis. He's ready to step in. Um, then Hawes basically says, I'm not going to take him on 24 hours notice, which I understand because as much as these people are like, yeah, dude, I'll fight anybody whenever. If you're training for somebody and this guy's a wrestler or whatever, I mean, you know how the UFC is. If you don't win, you know, if you're not what you've done for me lately type of thing. So then Krause was actually, James Krause was willing to step in. He weighed 192, said he could make 186, but then the commission said they didn't like the idea of it. So that's why that fight ended up getting scrapped. Yeah. Mm, that's annoying yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah I, it's just interesting because seeing how Krause was re- willing to make the weight and could make the weight it i mean if both guys want to fight why who cares yeah i don't know that's I, I, like i'd be interested to know what they made that decision off of like yeah. did they bring in a doctor who like evaluated him or was it just sure. a, 
mm-hmm. you know, where just somebody looked at him like, nah, I don't like your face. Like you just look <laughs> yeah. good and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, that's, that's what I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a, a number of pounds where just like, they have a number. It's like, well, if you can, if it's only four pounds in 24 hours, okay. But mm-hmm. anything over that, we're not going. I don't know. Boys, moving on to some boxing. Last night, Tyson Fury defeating Deontay Wilder via K, K, <laughs> via KO in round 11. Um, probably one of the greatest boxing matches that I've watched live personally. I think it had everything. Uh, Fury knocks down Wilder in the third. Then Wilder responds instantly by knocking Fury down twice in the fourth round. Um, then later in the 10th, Fury knocks Wilder again. And then that next round landed the huge right hand uh, that sent Wilder face first right into the mat. Um, and that was it, obviously. Um, so just what do you guys think? What are your overall thoughts on what was a really, really, really good boxing match? I'm going to let Brandon, his first yeah, real yeah, boxing Brandon. match. Brandon. Not to say that the Connor Floyd wasn't a real boxing match, sure. but this is yeah, highest like level, guys. Brandon. Probably... Yeah. You're, watch some boxing. Yeah, your first boxing match you watch is probably one of the greatest <laughs> fights in this era. So, man. So yeah, I guess I feel honored to to have watched that. Um, okay, so I guess my thoughts on the on the match, it was really awesome, man. Like like you said, I was kind of trying to explain it to my dad. Like it was very back and forth. Um, it was really exciting because in the in the beginning, it kind of seemed like um, maybe Fury was going to run away with it, like he had done in the second fight. Because I have I had seen like the second fight highlights, um, or I mean posts like after it happened. And, um, but then when Wilder had came back and knocked Fury down twice, it was just, then I kind of understood what Wilder was really about with that mm-hmm. right hand. Cause that's what everyone talked about. Right. He just has that kind of difference maker and, um, and he showed it. And then the rest of the fight was essentially kind of Fury starting to take over after that and got the knockdown and then eventually the knockout. But yeah, man, it was, it was fun. It was exciting. I, I wasn't as invested as you guys probably were with the buildup and the rivalry, but as far as the fight goes, I liked it. Like it was, it's mm-hmm. kind of got me interested to watch some more boxing, to be honest. Yeah. I think, so. I think from, you know, my limited knowledge, I love how Wilder came out. I, he won that first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, oh, Sorry, fumble yes. Ruski. Uh, the first round and the fourth round were the two clearest rounds. I think there was one more after that that maybe I gave him, um, just kind of watching it live. But loved how he came out instantly, going to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he got away from it pretty quick. Yeah, and, and not round because, two. yeah, but I think he, yeah, because he was getting knocked pretty hard. Yeah. And I think he started getting he just gassed, man. I think his cardio kind of just failed him a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is really unfortunate because you could tell the mind just wasn't following the body or the body wasn't following the mind because mentally he was in that thing, man. And uh, so, so much more respect for Wilder. I feel so much mm-hmm. I, huge. I was a huge Deontay Wilder fan after the last fight, kind of felt a certain way about how he acted afterwards and stuff. And I know you had kind of mentioned his coach, new coach kind of made him face that a little bit. Loved how he came out in this fight, loved the build up, how he ha- carried himself all mm-hmm. week into the fight. Um, and just was a real warrior so many times, dude, that, that time he got knocked down in the 10th round. I told you guys, I bet he didn't get up. I mean that he was just, you could tell he was just done. He instantly got up, man. He had, and so many times in that fight, um, he got rocked and, uh, did not go down, but could have went down. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the ropes kind of saved him there a couple couple times. Yeah. And it's, and Fury was holding him up. It seemed like a couple times. Um, but yeah, just such a good fight, man. And, and, Personally, today, I, I could just be recency biased, but I just feel like Tyson Fury has to be talked about one of the greatest, one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. I just, I feel mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, man, I I was looking forward to this, and once again, I didn't think it could disappoint, and it didn't. Um, 
I have a, I, I thought that, you know, we had talked about with his new trainer not having experience, being a former fighter. Did a great job. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. He talked him up. He told him, like, hey, man, you know what we need to do? Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't just, like, keep throwing the right hand. It was like, you know you have that, but we got to set it up. Seems was, like he just knew what to say right. in those moments. He was saying, yeah. hey, man, you're going to be tired tomorrow, but you're going to be happy. Like, let's push. Did you say he wasn't a, a, fire, a former fighter? No, he was a former fighter, but he's never trained at this, like, a top-level fighter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Deontay Wilder had beat him before, but the guy retired with, like, a 32 two and two record um and Deontay reached out to him to basically train him and he told him like hey if I do this you got to kind of cut that ego back and admit why you lost you got beat you know you didn't have a good game plan blah 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 comes in with a great game plan in the first round loses it never really finds his feet the rest of the fight but even still he's still landing like even though he dropped him twice in that round he hurt him a bunch of times even late like he'd connect with something he just didn't have enough to follow up and when you're saying he you mean wilder yeah wilder and then on fury's side i mean and deontay kind of said it yesterday i seen a quote for it is like he came in at 277 he didn't come in to be a ballerina he came in to lay on me put that weight on me and tire me out and he did it yeah the front headlock yeah that was pretty yeah that was a lot, man. He did it every round, at least once every single round. He and it was mm-hmm. it wasn't. I mean, you could kind of see like when guys go for guillotines. There's that small shoulder shrug. That's all you generally need to get that. And he and so it was clearly an intentional thing. I'm not obviously I don't I'm not super familiar with the rules and what's allowed and what's not. But mm-hmm. that was clearly part of the. Oh, game it, plan. it was definitely a really great vet move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was doing an illegal type of collar tie or doing that headlock and he'd throw an uppercut. But it's all just you know. If you see him doing it a couple times, you either try to stop it or you just got to kind of take it. Yeah, that's what the commentators were saying is it's it's kind of a little bit on Wilder, too, because he's putting his head there and kind of stepping off and dropping his head mm-hmm. down there. But, you know, it, it is smart, man. It, that's tiring. You know, mm-hmm. we, we I talk, talked about, you know, Andre Galvao and the, the Autos guys are real big proponents on hanging on guys' necks and yeah. wearing down the neck, making people tired, um, you know. I'm sure in boxing it slows down your head movement. It's tough mm-hmm. to breathe in that position. Where the head goes, the body goes, man. Right. So you, you make well, that tired. And, and we literally saw that because later, as it, you know, uh, Fury kept grabbing that neck, is eventually Wilder just started dropping to a knee, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but man, just, just such a good fight. I mean, I really don't have a bad thing to say about either of these guys. I know a lot was made about the weight, like John had mentioned, uh, you know, Fury coming in at 277, uh, his heaviest, probably was almost 280, if I had to imagine yeah. the night of the fight. Uh, and then uh, uh, Wilder was like, what, 238? Yeah, 235, uh, 238, and that was his heaviest as that well. That was his heaviest with as well. Abs. With abs. With yeah. abs, yeah. Shredded. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> we were talking his delts and yeah. stuff. Just I've like, seen so many memes of uh, pictures of Fury in like a bathing suit. And like, <laughs> this is what the top-level athlete really looks like. That's how <laughs> fighting is, man. But, uh, but no, you know, it, it's tough to say, like we kind of talked about, was, you know, did – did the weight affect him, you know, Wilder? Because he clearly got gassed pretty mm-hmm. pretty quick in that fight. Um, but it's also hard to say is without that weight, would he have been able to eat as much as he did eat? Because he, yeah. I mean, dude, in those middle rounds, he was eating some shots. I mean, he definitely got his off too periodically. Yeah, but, um, I would say that it's game plan. Because if you watch their first fight, Wilder obviously toward the end, I mean, he dropped him in the ninth. But that got to a draw. But Wilder didn't look nearly as took out of it. Right. And obviously the second fight you had the whole I wore this outfit and my team put something in my water and all the weird things he was saying. But Mm -hmm. I think it's just that Wayne, they realized this guy is all muscle, real strong, way on him, get him tired, Mm -hmm. you know, let him swing and whiff a couple. Because when he did have Fury hurt, he would just start winging shots and that's when Fury would start using his head movement. You kind of circle away and let him whiff, and then it becomes a little bit harder to keep throwing those. But yeah, I think um, 
I was telling you guys last night, I think this is kind of a DC John Jones thing where there's not a lot of people who could beat Wilder. I think Fury just has his number, but I think if Fury doesn't exist, Wilder probably retires 50-0 and 0 with like 50 knockouts. And, wow. Because, I mean, that's what Fury said. He said, I always say I'm the best, and I always say he's number two. And there's some other good fighters out there, which, you know, you have Alexander Usyk who just beat Anthony Joshua, who's about to do the rematch. That's somebody who could see for Fury. You have Dylan White who you could see for Fury. You know, there's a couple guys out there. So Andy Ruiz is still out there. So there's just a lot of a lot of opportunity, and hopefully Deontay can get some more Dude big fights. Raider, yeah. Plane, touchdown in the yeah. Land of the <laughs> Jeez, man. I've seen so many people on Facebook. Is this guy singing? And, and people were like, "Dude, you guys are late." He does this every time. The whole time, I'm just like, "Please just sing. Please just sing." <laughs> I love Tyson Fury, man. There's there's literally only one Tyson Fury. <laughs> And what's crazy is like he didn't even come in like with the scratchy voices like I'm coming straight karaoke. <laughs> Clean voice. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I love Smoking it. On Vegas. What a, there's no there is one Tyson Fury, man. Yeah, gyps- there's all only one Deontay King. Wilder too. Right. So much respect for that dude as well. Well, boys, moving on. Uh we're gonna speed through this. Um so we had kind of talked beforehand, and uh, guys, this this fight night this week is really light. Um, and like I said, we've got Coliseum combats and stuff going on. Um, so we are going to preview these two fights, the main and co-main for this Saturday night. We're not going to pick again, but guys, we have so much coming in the next three weeks. You got Costa Vittori next week, mm. um, two back-to-back pay-per-views. So the next three weeks, trust me, there's going to be plenty of picks. Plenty of stuff going on. Uh, but this Saturday night, October 16th, we have UFC Fight Night, which is now being headlined by Aspen Ladd versus Norma Dumont. Uh, Dumont was originally supposed to face Holly Holm, mm-hmm. uh, but Holly had to withdraw last week due to a knee injury. Um, Aspen Ladd was obviously supposed to fight last week, but missed weight, which delivered some uh, pretty disturbing weigh in scenes uh, for people that saw basically couldn't even. Couldn't even stand on the uh, scale. She was so dehydrated. Misha Tate was not a fan. Yeah, the commission had to step in. Well, because she's had so many problems, you know, and I think it's worth noting that she has struggled with weight in her career. Um, And this will be uh, her first fight, Aspen Ladd's first fight since 2019 after recovering from a torn ACL after a win over Yana Kunitska. Uh, Dumont is coming in on a two-fight win streak. Her last victory was over Felicia Spencer in May of this year. Uh, This fight will be at 145 pounds. uh, so maybe a move up is kind of needed for Aspen Ladd right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I hope she can figure out a way to get back to 35 because she had a really, I mean, do like, you know, uh, the uh, her only loss was Jermaine. Jermaine. And, you know, even before that, she was looking like a real contender. Um, and just mm-hmm. I think she just needs to kind of figure the way thing out, obviously. But right. hopefully just getting a fight will kind of get, I mean, it's been since 2019. So mm-hmm. I think she just needs a fight. For sure. So any thoughts on that? I think both of them, their only losses, hers was to Jermaine, and then Dumont's was to Megan Anderson. Yeah. So both of them have been knocked out, but both of them are also pretty game. So I think it'll be, still be a good fight. Hopefully Lai can turn it out, but can't count out Dumont either. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, these cards, even the ones that are, tend to be light, like how many times do we talk about how generally they tend to produce some of the best fights? Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah. I just, you know, with this one, I, I, it's so tough because, like I said, I'm always going to be on the side of the fighters and pro fighters and especially getting paid, but... I just feel like it's like, okay, you know, it was kind of already a thinner card with the star power and Holly falls out. So it's like, 
maybe we just scrap it, move it yeah. back, you know, right. kind of disperse these fights on some pay-per-views yeah. or something. Well, the last couple of months, I think we've gotten kind of a little spoiled yeah, with how good the fight been, night cards yeah, are. No, you're this so is right. definitely one they could have just put but away. I feel like since we're getting ready to go into this, like, three straight weeks of just bangers, like, we could yeah. all use a little, like, pause Break. period. Yeah, I mean, good mm-hmm. point. don't get it twisted per usual. I'm going to watch these fights. Every <laughs> right. So don't get it twisted. I'm just saying, uh, if there's a fight, I'm watching. Um, are you watching Saturday night, though? Except yeah, for uh, Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I watch a Sunday before the pod. Whatever, man. Uh, no, I, I'll find time. I always do. Uh, in the co-main event, boys, we have Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky versus Carlos Philippe. Um, there's nothing that we can really say more about the legend Arlovsky um, mm-hmm. that people don't already know. Obviously, uh, he is coming in on a one-fight win streak. Won his last one. Uh, Far- Carlos Philippe uh, could really, really move himself into a good position after a fight like this, especially mm-hmm. if he's able to find a way to win. He is coming in on a three-fight win streak all three wins are decision um and they're two of them were split decisions and i think i remember at least one of them i remember feeling like he could have lost it might have been that Toffa fight but i'm not sure i remember um he's got some really good hand speed for his size but mm-hmm. definitely seems to lack the knockout power and i think if he is um to win this one i'd like to really see him make a statement and have a convincing win over a legend like arlovsky yeah. when you're fighting at 262 if you don't have knockout power at heavyweight it's tough because that means yeah. you don't have the speed as well as far as... Oh, he has speed. His hands the are, top. His hands are fast. I mean, he's for a big dude. He's a good guy. I like it. He's a character, too. Yeah. Um, but no, he's got the hand speed for sure. He's got like kind of like that Kyle Dock or uh, yeah. whichever they have. Chris, I think. I always <laughs> get a Big Dock. Big Dock, yeah. One who just fought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but he's got... Uh, He's got some. He's got some really freaky, yeah. fast hands for the division. Orlovsky's he's a vet, though, man. He uh, he sets people up pretty well to think that they're gonna fight an old man, and then he shows up. Dude, every time I count Orlovsky out, he finds a way to win. That's why right. he's like forty years old, still fighting, still relevant. <laughs> Um, also on this card, you got Jim Miller and a guy that I'm always excited to see fight: the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian yeah. Marquez. That's a character. Oh yeah. So always excited to see the the Cuban Missile Crisis in action. Um, also this Saturday you got Bellator light heavyweight semifinals, uh, the Grand Prix, Ryan Bader versus Corey Anderson and Vadim Nimkov versus Julius Anglis. Um, and then also uh, Ben Henderson on the card. Mm. So somebody little bendo. little bendo people might remember. Uh, boys, anything else before we get into the news? Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah. Don't have much. Um, but Francis Ngannou versus Surreal Gone is being targeted for UFC 270 on January 22nd. That feels mm-hmm. so far away. I just it's want not, though. I know. No, I just want it now. <laughs> uh, Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins has been rebooked for November 13th. Um, I'm, I'm definitely glad they turned that one around fast. Oh yeah. Because I know Dawkins was talking about waiting till like after the first of the year because mm-hmm. he was going to let Chris fight his fight against Derek Lewis. Um, but yeah, glad to see him turn it yeah. around. It's a good little time frame for them. Patricio Pitbull vacates his Bellator lightweight title, says he wants to focus on the AJ McKee rematch. Also wants to give his younger brother Patricky a chance to have the title. So right. what a humanitarian. I mean, well, <laughs> the way that that McKee fight went, you need to concentrate. He's a dog. Yeah. You can't just try to maintain multiple yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, because you, realistically, your next fight needs to be defending. You don't want to hold that division up, and his brother's in the division. So I respect it. Right. I actually respect it, yeah. Uh, Bellator announcing that they are moving all of their uh, main event fights to five rounds. Kind of shocked that this didn't happen sooner, but I think after the well, they probably got blew up. After yeah, after the that Lima. Michael Page Lima yeah. fight. Yeah, I think it was kind of they kind of had to. Um, also, Junior Dos Santos will be making his pro wrestling debut for AEW this week. 
Uh, excited here to see for that. It. <laughs> yeah, excited to see that. See JDS. See the old JDS. Boys, that's really all I had for the news. Anybody got anything else? Uh, Giga Chikatse and Calvin Cater head, working to headline a fight night in January. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. That's a big one. Sorry, and then yeah. um, to, go, one. to go with the Francis and Gain fight in... What uh, is his last name? Gain in January. <laughs> What's his first name? Uh, Serial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're also trying to get Izzy and Whitaker on that card as well. So having oh, Francis and Izzy yeah. on the same card will be... Was it the same card or were they just trying to do them back to back? They're trying to do the same card. Okay. Because, I mean, they've been wanting to try to... I know Izzy's talked about wanting to obviously try to do like him, Usman, and, and Ganu. You think they'll make Izzy the, the second title? Is that It'll have to be because I think yeah. they do it by weight. You'd have to go by weight. Ugh. Yeah, it's interesting. That's why, but it's I mean, heavyweight is the no, yeah. The show. It's just seeing Izzy in a co-main spot. I don't know if that's. I mean, I don't know. I don't. It think seems silly to Hasn't me. Hasn't Connor been on a um, a double championship card before? Yeah, they did make it. It seems like that he was one. They did make an exception where they put him above. Like, like was it John Jones? No, who? It was a higher weight. I think I it was Amanda. I think maybe it was when he was still. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it was over somebody, but they put it over a title fight. There was a big thing to do about it, but yeah, I feel like you split those two up. I mean, I don't really care to win. I just I thought I didn't know they were trying to do the same card. I thought they were trying to do um, close, but I didn't I, know. I, I assume. Well, I, I, you you could yeah. Right they they it. didn't give it an actual like there's a hundred percent, but I th- they think that that's what they're trying to mm. do. Which like I said, I know that they're really cool and they want right. to do the whole. You know Nigeria thing, so yeah, I saw something where like a lot of people were bummed because they felt like they should have done um, Ganu and Gan in France. Obviously, Gan's yeah. French, and Ganu came through France as a young fighter. Um, the whole dynamic of that fight, man. When I start thinking about that mm-hmm. matchup, it just gets me all excited. Man, outside of Abu Dhabi, it's tough to see any of these fights going international yeah. with COVID, man. Yeah, I mean, we're not even seeing them move around here in the U.S. very no, much. No, it's just Vegas, no. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, I'm running out of fun facts pretty yeah. fast. <laughs> Pretty fast. Yeah. Um, anything else, boys, before we get out? I was kind of thinking about touching on the shop Helwani stuff, but we can kind of save it. What do you guys think? Mm. I know you respect him as a black belt, Brendan Schaub. Yeah. He's pointing at me, by the way. And yeah. That's not true. <laughs> so well, it just, it, it kind of touches our world a little bit. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why. Like, I would, I could care less about their personal beef, but it's just some of the stuff Brendan said and then some of the stuff that uh, John McCarthy and you know, Josh Thompson have said about, you know, just people having opinions about fighting that aren't fighters. They just, not that it like rub me. I mean, they don't give a, they just don't a, care. I'm, I'm nobody. Just but a little silly. Yeah, just a little silly. We'll, we'll maybe save it for another one. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Because it's probably good. It could, we it could get a little long. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm afraid of. We wanted this episode to be like around an hour. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize we spent like an hour and a half talking last night yeah. after the fight. That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we don't want to get you guys with a 1.5. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh, well, John, hit us with a song of the week, man. Because Brandon got skipped. Oh, yes. Oh. oh, that's true. Yeah. So then I had to pick. So then. Right, back right, to right. We ain't breaking the cycle for nobody. Okay. Did you um, have one? I, I did. I had some. All right, all right, all right, all right. No, 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 no. no, no. Hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Time out. Tee it up. Tee it up. No, Go ahead. I'm not. Hold on. I'm wait, waiting. Let, let me explain. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because of Footgate and everything that happened last That's week. True. And you missed the Footgate. episode. Because me, of him. Kick, you know, I may or may oh, not have kicked him. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't like that we're going true. with that, too. That's pretty awesome. I don't know that that's what happened, really. We 
there's know, an investigation. There, there is an investigation. No, there is an ongoing investigation, and we're going to look into it. But I'm not doing it. Uh, you're miss. You did miss for a reason, and I forgot about that. I apologize. I'll run it back. Brandon, hit us nope. with the song. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, nope. Not letting. Okay, you he's going to be a three year old. John, hit us with the song of the week. Um, because of that, it's going to be "Baby Got Back" or "Mix a Lot." I love just it. popped right in there. Yep. Yeah, because of that. I love it. I think uh, Brandon should sing a little bit of that before we go out. I Man. can't. Just I a literally, little. I literally know. No. Just a little. Give us one lyric. No. Just a little. Just say the, the, the title, but in like a singing. <laughs> Baby got that. Yeah, come just do it. No. Please, come on, dude. For the people. Mm-mm. It's three words, man. What is it again? Baby got back. I can't do it. Just Such a coward, dude. <laughs> what? Such a coward. I am scared. Could you imagine your life if you just couldn't say baby got You're back? You're just so afraid. I mean, I could say it. I'm not going to sing it. You don't oh. have to just baby got back. Baby you, got back. There, thank you. So that's, all you oh, okay. that's all you had to do, man. Love you guys. John, do you have anything for the people before we get out of here, man? Oh, Eternals is on the way, folks. Let's get hype. What? That's true. Marvel. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Nate's confusing me yeah. with his like half in, half out. I like, like comics, don't <laughs> like comics, anime is stupid. Hey, we, I'm going to Hey, we do got Return of the Dragons, Ooh, Game of Thrones, yeah. Targaryens are back. Bike, baby. Such a terrible show. Oh, no. Bringing the fire back, Oh, baby. no, it's not. Brandon, anything for the people before we go? Don't let people bully you. Stay in your crowd. Any specific reasoning? Tell an adult. Do you have a do you have a reason? Some adult, I just feel adult, like, adult I feel bullying. Like, I feel like you you sometimes try to bully me, and and I'm tired. He's staring of it. at you pretty directly. I, I think. I mean, I think, you might get reported. Yeah, I think uh, if if you're gonna sit and pout, like no, 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 you 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 nope. Not I mean, you could classify it as pouting. Doesn't change. I feel bad for Oliver. Said. I feel like he's gonna raise you a little bit. Whoa, that's interesting. I really do. Sounds like a shot. <laughs> right across the bow, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my one for the people. Go to Coliseum Combat this week, man. That's a good one. Support local. Go, go support some local fighters, some big, big fights this weekend. And then we got three big weeks coming. Three big fight weeks coming. We got some fun stuff. Got some more fight pantry coming. Right. Brandon, Don't forget, I'm in first place with the picks. Brandon's um, coming back with a hot take again. What are you calling it? New name. Drop facts, it. facts don't care about your feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. That's we right. care about your week, and we hope you have a good one. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you, mom. Drink your water.